welcome to episode three of the Much More Football Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippold, alongside Mitch Bala. Hello, Mitch. Good afternoon. Or is it morning or afternoon? It's afternoon. Okay, it's good afternoon. Okay. Mitch Farnsworth, hello to you, sir. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So let's just do a quick recap of last week real quick. Um, Maryland Temple, Mitch. Um, how, how'd that go for you? Um, yeah, uh, my... Um, I no comment. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, damn right he has no comment. All right, we're starting. All, all that happens is, you know, a team has a letdown week you know, every once in a while, and uh, Maryland just, you know, th- I'm sure there was an explanation for why they couldn't hold it up for me. Um, what about uh, Clemson-Syracuse, too? That was just a Debbie Downer. Oh, we're not going to talk about that one either. All right, we're going to right into the new week. Here I we don't go. Remember. <laughs> oh, we're not even going to talk about the Citadel and that upset against Georgia Tech. And uh, I'm the only one in the world. That there you go. There you go. Hit. Talk about it. There you go. Talk about it. Game winning field goal. Hell yeah. They went in overtime. They freaking 25 first downs, 320 yards rushing. They had the ball for 69% of the game. Nice. The nice. quarterback went down and had to sit out for like the third quarter. They came back in overtime. The Citadel upsets Georgia Tech. It was amazing. I loved it. I watched the whole game. It was on ESPN+. Plus. It, was, it was exciting the whole time, cheering for Citadel. Uh, they were 27.5-point underdogs, and they win it for me. Two and, weeks in a row. And you know what? They'll still probably lose by 45-plus to Alabama this year like they always do. So, good for them. That's probably. Hey, it's true. But it's the first time they've beaten an ACC opponent, too. So, Got to start somewhere. SEC's next. Yeah, Maybe. No. But speaking of the SEC, a big matchup this this upcoming week: Auburn at Texas A&M. A&M is favored by minus three and a half. If the War Eagles pull the upset, do you think they are a real threat to Alabama? Mitch Baller, starting with you. Um, I uh, no, no, they're not a real upset to Alabama, or a threat. I'm sorry, uh, they're not a threat. They won't upset Alabama. Um, it is a rivalry game when they play each other, so it's always close. But I, I think Alabama is in a their own category, division, you know, conference. I mean, they're in the SEC, but man, nobody. There's one team that I think can pose a threat, and that's Georgia. I know we're going to talk about them later, but um, mm-hmm. I expect Auburn to beat AM. I personally think AM is a little overrated. Granted, the game is an AM this True. this week, and that is a great home field advantage. Um, but I do not think Auburn poses much of a threat. I think they're I believe they're ranked eighth right now. I think there's about three teams that have the wrong ranking, and uh, Auburn is one of them. What if I told you Auburn was the home team this year against Alabama? Would that change your mind at all? A little bit, maybe a little more of an advantage. You know what? I think they might lose by 14 instead of 17. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. Mitch Farnsworth, what are your thoughts about this upcoming game? I think he's right on the dot. Like with all, If we're going back to the Auburn-Alabama thing, I think he's right on the dot with uh, – Auburn not being a threat. But in this game, Auburn against, going back to Auburn and Texas A&M, since 2012, the home team between these two two teams has only won one time. Wow. This last year, Auburn won at home 28-24. I know Bo Nix for Auburn has played well. Um, I think that he, he's a true freshman, so I'm going into that environment, I feel like it's going to be a little tough because you know how Ryan uh, – Kyle Field is at A&M. Um, Kellen Mund has been able to make plays, you know, in the games that he has played in. Um, the Clemson game, I think, was good, you know, to go against an elite, like not an elite defense, but a pretty good defense, the number one team in the nation. I think that really helped him. Um, 
I think I'm going A and M though. This in this game, thirty-eight twenty-seven. Wow. The in home environment um, with the uh, Bonix being a true freshman, I like A and M at home. So, do you have a prediction for this game, Mitch? Uh, I like I like Auburn. Uh, I like Auburn on the road. Um, three and a half point. Three and a half point under. I, yeah. I expect. Yeah, the, I think they'll cover. And we have a guest here now. Yes, we do. <laughs> Ruger, do you have a pick this week? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I heard Ruger said War Eagle. War Eagle. Yep. There you go. So. For, oh, God. <laughs> so for me, I'll take Auburn twenty-eight twenty-one. I think it'll be close. I hoping it's in. Hope it's an exciting game. Uh, I, I but I do think they will cover. Uh. But moving right along here to Notre Dame at Georgia. Georgia's favored by 14.5 points. Notre Dame did get exposed last year against Clemson. Uh, do you see them having a chance? Mitch Farnsworth, starting off with you. Notre Dame having a chance? Yes, that is the question. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No. Um, I think Ian Buck, he's influential in that Notre Dame offense. That offense goes as far as he goes. Um, the Georgia defensive line looked impressive. They have 12 sacks in their first three games when they had 24 all last year. Um, Georgia's has great corners. Uh, they have probably any – I don't think any of the wide receivers for Notre Dame worry the corners from Georgia. I think they get to do Ian Book a lot. Um, I, I think Georgia might also have the best offensive line, so I really like what Jake Fromm's been doing. The offensive line has protected him. On the other side, Ian Book is 5-0 and on the road as a starter, as a true starter, and has a QBR of 86, which is the fourth highest road QBR in college football. Um, but I, I really like Georgia to blow out Notre Dame, though. Uh, I think the final 38-13, to Georgia. Wow. So for me in this game, I think Notre Dame fares better than what they did against last year against Clemson in the playoff, where they just got demolished. But I also do agree, Georgia wins big. I'll go 31-17, Georgia. Mitch Bala, what are your thoughts about this big game? Well, when we were just talking about Auburn and War Eagle, I said that I think there are three teams inside the top ten that have uh, that, are, that are ranked incorrectly, and yep. I think Notre Dame is one of those teams. Ranked seventh. They're ranked seventh in the country. I think they should be ranked first. Whoa. For the most overranked team in college football, overranked, overrated, they, the best chance for them winning is for them not even showing up so they don't get embarrassed. Wow. They they should just cancel the flight, cancel the bus. <laughs> save a lot of money. They, they would save a lot of money. Um, them going there, they're going to lose the coin toss, I bet. If they win the coin toss, that's the only win they're going to have of the night. I thoroughly expect Georgia to blow them out of the water. Um, I just, Notre Dame's young. They're very, I, I think, as, a, as an entire team, they're young. I think Georgia's out for revenge after last year. They had a disappointing bowl loss to Texas. They mm-hmm. didn't make the college football playoff. Yep. And with how they've played so far this year, they've looked very impressive. That is the only SEC team I see posing a threat to Alabama. Um, but score prediction-wise, I'll give Notre Dame some points. I'll say that they'll probably break. I like 17, but I expect Georgia to put them away like 42-14. to 14. I, I don't think it'll wow. be close. I really wow. don't. So we're all in agreement uh, with the Notre Dame and Georgia. We're expecting Georgia to blow them out of the water. Any final thoughts on the Auburn A&M or Notre Dame and Georgia game? Uh, no, not really. I, I'm pretty clear. Georgia blows out Notre Dame, and 
A&M. I, th- I was the only one that picked yep, A&M over true. Auburn. So we'll see next week when we come back. Yeah. Moving right along, uh, probably the, our biggest game of the week, Michigan Wolverines going up against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's minus three and a half. Michigan, they both had a bye week last week to prepare for this week. Um, I know we, we talked about it last week, Michigan barely escaping Army, but this is probably their obviously their biggest test of the year so far. Mitch Farnsworth, let's start with you. How are your Wolverines going to fare this season in the Big Ten? I was about to come up and punch you right in the face because you said one of the biggest games for us, and I thought you were going to say Ohio State-Miami of Ohio. I was going to punch you right in the mouth. <laughs> nope. Like, no, nope. Let me finish before you get all upset. So how are you going to play in this game? Okay. Uh, this is, this is uh, you know, pretenders and uh, contenders this week. It's a lot of big games, and this is one of them. Yep. Michigan hasn't beaten Wisconsin in Madison since 2001. Um, can't well before you go on. I will. Camp Randall is a tough place to play. Oh, it is. Wisconsin. That is one school I think that does not get enough credit for a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Is Wisconsin? You know, you talk about the bigger schools across the country with home field advantages, and that fact right there. Since '01, they, it is a tough place to play. So I will give you that right away, Mitch. But carry along. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad he actually brought that up because it's it's a very influential. You know, their fans get into that those games very easily. The jump around, they have all that stuff, and I, I um, so I'll jump into injuries though. Michigan looking like they could get uh, Donovan Peoples Jones back. They're unsure about it. Um, he had a boot on for the Army game, but that was two weeks ago now. So hopefully. Uh, he could play. He's questionable, but I'm going to do a probable lean for him. John Runyon, who's one of their, is a fifth-year starter for Michigan who's been out. He's been dressed to play but hasn't played in the last, uh, first two games. I think he's probable. But this is going to be tough. Um, Wisconsin really hasn't challenged, though. They have this off week to, you know, study just like Michigan did. So that's kind of, in a, uh, you know, an advantage to some teams is like you have the bye week and then another team plays and kind of can watch. But both these teams have a bye, so they can both prepare for each other for two weeks. Wisconsin has outscored their opponents 110 to nothing. It's flat as that. They've got the number one defense. They beat up on South Florida 49 nothing when they started. Central Michigan, they beat up 61 to nothing. Um, number one defense, like I said, um, it's going to be important for Michigan to slow down Jonathan Taylor. They don't have what they had last year to slow them down. They don't have Devin Bush there. They don't have you know Chase Winovich or Rashawn Gary to slow them down. So you've got to step up in this game against Jonathan Taylor. As Jonathan Taylor's only run for 110 yards per game versus Michigan. Only 110. Um, I, I think if Michigan can limit the turnovers um, and they can get those two players back, I think it's still going to be close because of the um, home environment for Wisconsin. I think Michigan squeaks it out this week. Just squeaks out close. I say 24-20. Mitch Paula, what are your thoughts on this big upcoming game? This is a tough one. I mean, this one is <clears throat> not a rivalry game. No. But it's a big game. Real big. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of emotion, and I hope there is a lot of emotion. I think college football is a lot better when you know teams lay it all out there. And let's be honest, loser of this game you know, is eliminated from college football playoff. For the most part. For the most part, I would think. Yeah. Granted, both of them still have to play the likes of Ohio State, I know. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if Wisconsin still has to play Michigan State. Um, or Penn State because I know they're on the other they're on the uh, west. Yep. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. I 
think I like Michigan this week. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with uh, Mitch. I don't. Wisconsin has not been tested. Yep. Michigan, granted they have been weak opponents, although Army, I would say, is still a test. Yeah, they're tough. We, we're, we're all in agreement that it was not going to be an easy game for them. Um, I, as much as I dislike Jim Harbaugh, yep. I think, I would hope, after a bye week, he has his guys ready because this is the biggest game of the year for them so far. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, if if they were to fall, I mean, I don't know, Mitch. What if they if they were to fall this week? What does that mean for Harbaugh? Does it mean anything? I mean, that's another big game. He has he wouldn't be able to pull off. It's he's struggled on the road against ranked teams. I think he's zero six on the road against unranked teams. And then they're ranked, ranked, right? yeah, yeah, ranked, yeah. And they brought him here to win big games, and this is a big game. I mean, mm-hmm. great every year. Ohio State, Michigan is a big game, but this is their. 11 Could be versus 13. Their biggest game of the year up until Ohio State. Yep. So, I mean, this is – it's a must-win for both, in my opinion. So, do you have a, a prediction for the game? Though? I don't have a score prediction. I do think Michigan pulls it out, though. Okay. Uh, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, I do I do like that team up north this week. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually agree with all of you. Uh, earlier in the week, we, we looked in our group chat. I looked at Wisconsin said, wow, they're going to win. That's a lock. Then I started thinking about it more thinking about it and I actually think Michigan wins this game big I really do I think they stuff Jonathan Taylor and make Jack Cohen throw the ball Wisconsin's quarterback I I don't think he will be able to with the good DBs that the University of Michigan has and I think Shea Patterson what their offense their new offense will finally look good with Donathan Peoples-Jones back maybe probably um but they got Zach Charbonnet, they got Tariq Black, and I think they used their weapons good this time. They better, they better, because like uh, you guys just stated, uh, Harbaugh's yet to go on the road and beat a ranked opponent. But I think he will get it done, and I actually think Michigan wins this game big, something like thirty-one to thirteen. Wow. Yep. That that's just. He's more confident than me. <laughs> See, but I got to throw out a disclaimer. I got to throw out a disclaimer. Um, Specifically with Mitch Bala, I am known for jinxes left and right. He can attest to this. Whether I've, never, it's... I've never met a man that jinxes a team or a sport or any game more in my life than Frank. Um, I, I have now told Frank he is no longer allowed <laughs> to tell me any Cleveland Browns predictions, strictly yep. because of the week one prediction he gave me, where the Browns were supposed to win by 50 and instead lost by 30. Yep. Um, and so now Frank is now banned from giving me any score predictions <laughs> of Cleveland sports. We uh, just lost to Jacksonville last night. Then, yeah, yes, yes, I, I am aware. Real bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, although this is not a Cleveland sport, yep, and this is not Ohio State, this is probably the one week I'd let Frank give me a prediction for Ohio State. So <laughs> I will let Frank give a prediction here. I, I don't. Oh, real classy. <laughs> Thank you. Of Ohio. So, but. <laughs> But I gotta say, whether it comes to the Indians, I'm always wrong. The Cavs, I'm always wrong. The Browns, I'm always wrong. But Mitch can attest. Last year, I said Ohio State is gonna demolish Michigan, and they did. Sixty-two yeah. to thirty-nine. Yep. I called it right on the I nose. Think, I think in my record book, Frank is now one of seventy-eight in score predictions in the past three years. So, I, I, I'm just putting a number out there. That's how often it seems like he gives me a prediction, and it's wrong every time. So this is not me trying to do a reverse jinx, trying to actually say Michigan's gonna going to lose this game. I really do think they win big. I'm obviously hoping they lose because I hate them, but I just feel like they're going to slow down Jonathan Taylor and 
prevail with the win. So any final thoughts on this big game this week? Mitch, you can go first before I say anything. It's going to be tough. You know, it's, this defense is more depleted. The offense has actually got to figure out, you know, what they're going to do this week. If they're going to, you know, be like they've been and make mistakes, turn over the ball. You know, if they play like they did against Army, they're going to get blown out. So it's going to be it's going to be an early test here to show, you know, it's going to lead a path of two ways for Michigan. It's going to be pretenders or contenders. That's what I'm, that's exactly what this week is for all of these games. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I think there's a I mean, I I think Notre Dame is going to be shown to be a pretender, and I I personally think if they get blown out this week against Georgia, they deserve to be not not just knocked out of the top 10. They should be <laughs> lucky to be inside the top 25. You can't you you cannot forget about what happened in the college football playoff last year. Yeah. Oh, they for were sure. embarrassed. They are not in a conference. People keep bringing up their schedule. Oh, they have Stanford, and USC. Well, guess what? They're going to play USC with their backup or third-string quarterback. Stanford's 1-2 and two and doesn't look too good. So I'm tired of hearing all this, well, they play a tough schedule. They, they do, don't. They do play Michigan. Oh, they play Michigan, okay? They play Michigan and Georgia this year. Yep. I think both of those teams are going to wipe the floor with them. Wow. Okay. I. But when it comes to this game, I hope it is a very close game till the end. Not, not to mess with you, Mitch, but that way it benefits and makes the Big Ten look good. I know you have some thoughts on the Big Ten. Yep. So I don't know what our next segment was. I think we should let Mitch. Get... I thought we were doing Ohio State. Miami. We're going to do Ohio State. Real quick. Ohio State for okay, but for if we're going to Ohio State next, for Ohio State's best interest, it is best if this game is close the entire way, well mm-hmm. played, not this NFL BS where there's a penalty every other play. Mm-hmm. I just want a good game. Yep. Close game on the edge of my seat game. It is a um, noon kickoff, and I feel like that kind of benefits Michigan because if it was a night game, Camp Randall yeah. at 8 o'clock or something, I feel like that gives Wisconsin a huge advantage. But I feel like the noon kickoff kind of leans towards Michigan a little bit more. I would agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. So uh, that wraps up the Michigan and Wisconsin talk. But Actually, one more thing on that. Over, under, Jonathan Taylor, 200 yards. Under. Under. He goes 200 under. yards? 200 oh, yards. under. Yeah, under. If Michigan's smart, they're going to stack the box and make a, I don't know, yeah. another quarterback. I want to keep saying. A Jack Cone. A Cone. I, yeah. I want to keep saying the guy that seemed like he was there for 19 years. Oh, Ian um, uh, Hannibrook or whatever? Yeah, Hannibrook. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was there for about 19 years, I think. <laughs> yeah. He's at back up at Florida State now. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, he's, awful, he's still so. in college. <laughs> Well, between him and... Uh, Actually, the 17th year of eligibility. Yeah, between well, him and uh, Perry Ellis. I don't remember yeah, him from Kansas, the basketball team. Perry, Perry Ellis and I were... Uh, I, I came out of the womb, and Perry Ellis is already at Kansas playing basketball. So Horn- Hornibrook is following his steps, I guess. Yeah. So we'll scoot over to Miami of Ohio at Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 38.5 points. You know, my first question to you guys is, we're all assuming they're going to win. But will they cover the 38-and-a-half? Mitch Ballot, let's start with you. At first, I was going to say no because this is a home game. Um, but I remember two things. One, Urban Meyer is no longer the coach. Two, they dismantled Indiana last week. Oh, yeah. I think Ryan Day, and you know, you've heard the talk this week of uh, Arnett coming out saying they're going to win the they, He thinks they can win the Natty. Speaking existence. They, from here on out, every game they play versus – an opponent like this, a very lesser opponent. Yep. They need to make a statement. Yep. They should cover. I think Ryan Day knows they need to run up the score and cover mm-hmm. to make it look impressive. 
Yep. In years past, I feel like Urban Meyer, especially last year, if they're, if they're up twenty-four to seven, Urban Meyer takes the foot off the pedal yep. and they win thirty-five or thirty-one seventeen. Yep. They, I, I, just from last week strictly with Ryan Day head coach, mm-hmm. I felt he knew he needed to run up the score, make it look impressive against a Big Ten team. I expect him to do the same this week. I think they will cover. Mm-hmm. I think they'll win. I hope they win by forty. Yep. Um, and to be honest, there's no possible way Miami of Ohio can be fired up at all to play after their coach already came out this yep. week and said, it's like playing at recess and Ohio State is the first 85 picks. Yep. If my coach said that, uh, I would not be happy to play at all. Right. One for him. I mean, I, that's just me. You know, be, right. me playing baseball my entire life into college, if I ever had a coach say that to me, I, I hate it when teammates said that to me about right. I, I remember we played the defending national champs my freshman year at Nova, and our starting pitcher, our ace, was telling us how we were going to get shelled. I didn't even want to go. Right. What kind of mindset is that? Yeah. I don't care if you're a Mac. I mean, a Mac. Although Maction is tough. Ooh, Matt, <laughs> I love some action. Um, but I don't. I don't care what conference you're in. I. You got to play the game. You got to play, the, play game. the game. You play to win the game. Yep. But uh, I think Ohio State covers. They win big. I. I'm expecting a sixty ball. Sixty, okay. I like I like sixty four. Do you, do you give them a point? Do you, does Miami of Ohio score? Miami of Ohio will score. I expect the backups to be in for Ohio State. Yep. Um. So we're talking about like the guys you'd pick in recess from fifty to eighty five. Yep. Will be in in the fourth quarter. Um. Brutus will probably be playing safety again. Yep. And the guy that he dots, did good last week. I the guy know. that dots the eye will probably be snapping the ball. Yeah. So uh, by then, I expect Miami of Ohio to at least get a field goal up. I'll I'll give them thirteen points this week. Okay. So for me in this game, I, I just look at it. And Ohio State is clearly superior. Uh, they have they have a ninety eight point nine percent chance to win according to FPI ESPN. The thirty eight and a half is tough. They I would really be a unanimous yes if it wasn't for week one, uh, where they didn't somehow didn't cover after being up twenty eight nothing in the first quarter. But uh, Miami of Ohio is so far one and two on the year. It is at the shoe, and I like something along the lines of. 52 to 10 for Ohio State, which puts them at 42 in the cover. Uh, so those are my thoughts for that game. Mitch Farnsworth, your thoughts on Ohio State this week? They looked impressive last week, and they're going to look impressive this week. Yeah, I, I damn just, right. I really liked uh, what uh, Mitch Ball has said, that I don't think they're going to be uh, – Miami's going to be ready with after the coach said that they you know, 85 picks better, you know, they get the first 85 picks. I don't think they took a bad loss to Cincinnati. They were up 10 nothing in the first quarter, and then Cincinnati went on a 28-0 run on them. It, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was not great. And uh, in five overall meetings with Miami and Ohio State, Ohio State's outscored them 200-40. to 40. So Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> And that includes also in 1904 when Ohio State beat Miami 80 to nothing. But um, we're not going to really count any of that. But I think uh, one interesting note, though, I, when I saw Miami in the red zone can score really well. If they ever – well, they're not going to get in the red zone until late in the game probably. But yeah. in the last 54 trips for Miami of Ohio in the red zone, they have scored on 53 of those. Wow. wow, that's impressive. Fifty-three that's impressive. for fifty-four. They have come away with points in the red zone. I was that's very impressive. But they're probably not going to get close to the end zone anyway. So um, Ohio State looks impressive. 
J.K. Dobbins now being more involved because that makes it even more of a lethal offense because now you have a talented running back and you have a talented quarterback that can both. And that's what makes a run RPO excel is that if you have a running back that can run also. I was close with Frankie. Actually, almost was really close to my pick. Mine's 54 to 10, Ohio State. Well, you're pretty close. So, so the, yeah. Uh, yep, final thoughts here. Um, over, under... We'll start with you, Mitch Ball. Justin Fields, six touchdowns responsible for over under six. Responsible for six? I'm still going to go under. I think, okay. I think Dobbins is going to have it. They're going to establish the run early. Um, I, I expect the defense to have a takeaway and a touchdown again like last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the defense is not talked about enough just because of the hype Justin Fields brings to Ohio State. Right. Um, the defense looked fantastic last week. Special teams looks great. That was one question with mm-hmm. Urban Meyer leaving. Always. Urban Meyer always took care of special teams. Uh, I'm telling you what, though. Chris Olave, that man loves to play special teams. And you love him. I love him. He's a lethal weapon on the outside for fields. Uh, I just, I think. I'll go under for fields, though. I'm not going to get carried away here and talk about other things. You did ask for a 60 bomb. You think 60, but. I, but, I mean, granted. He'll throw for a couple, run for a couple. I think Dobbins will have I, I think right. Dobbins will have three actually. Okay. I think Dobbins is gonna have a really, really good game tomorrow. I'm gonna go he's gonna have six right on the nose. Uh Mitch Farnsworth, what is your over under for fields? I think under. I think four. Four oh, is okay. a solid uh, yeah. I like the, I like that number, Mitch. Four or five four or five. I think six is too many. Out there, four or five. I'm I'm in that region. So that just covered all four of our big games uh of the week. But before we go into our locks of the week where we close out the show, I know you, Mitch Farnsworth, has a little a little segment here about the Big Ten. So the floor oh, is yours. How strong is this Big Ten that we have, huh? Okay, so we'll, we'll start this. Ohio State has no issues. They're elite. They're top of the crop in this team. I can't have nothing bad to say them about them at all. Wisconsin, they're impressive for the first two games. Not, you know, proven in any way because it's Central Michigan and South Florida. And now they're off a bye, and we'll see how they do against Michigan. Michigan is on the other side. They're unimpressive. They only threw two games, but they had a bye. Michigan State can't count. Their kicker runs around like a little girl trying to kick a field goal. They can't. They got two. They had 12 guys on the field that ruined their chance of going to overtime. Their offense has not looked impressive at all. Their defense played great. They played probably what? They played 60 minutes. That defense. And then when they had that one opportunity to shut them down, they were on the field way too long, so they couldn't stop a running quarterback. And that's why they lost to Arizona State. And now they got to go to Northwestern. Penn State struggles with Pitt. Obviously the weather. I I get that. It was delayed. I get that. It's still Pitt. That's 17-10, and Pitt had a chance at the end. Maryland. No, the Terps. (laughs) Maryland gets... Their offense becomes non-existent after, let me see, after averaging 70 points the first two games, including against Syracuse, where Syracuse just got blown out by freaking Clemson. So that would mean nothing. Temple's defense shuts them down. Temple beats Maryland. After, I think, Maryland, every time they're ranked, they lose their next game. I think that (laughs) happened. That's why Maryland is never ranked anyway. Let's go to Iowa. They looked good. They had many delays against Iowa State. They got lucky because Iowa State's runners can't figure out where the ball is or their guy that's five feet in front of them. So they got lucky there. Let's go to Indiana. They were outmatched. I get it. Quarterback's gone. 
I don't care. You still didn't look good. You made bad decisions against Ohio State. It was awful. I, they played great the first quarter. I thought they played that second drive when they stopped Ohio State and made them punt. They looked good. They made movements. They didn't execute them. And then, so Indiana, I can respect them in a way that they actually even show, like, showed up against Ohio State. I can respect that. Rutgers is Rutgers. We're going to just skip that. Skip. All right? skip. Minnesota is the luckiest 3-0 and team in the world. As, let's see, last week, they almost they struggled against Georgia Southern, should have lost. Luckily, they got down in the end zone with seven seconds to go. The week before that, they went to two overtimes with Fresno State, who won USC, and I, I, Minnesota. And then the first week, they struggled against South Dakota State and FCS. At 28-21, they got a bye this week. They better figure this out because of their fan base. They're going to have all heart attacks after the last three weeks if they're going to play like this. So Minnesota, where are we at next? Illinois. <laughs> Skip. Wow. Eastern Michigan, Maction happens again. Maction! It's right into Illinois. Kicks. Oh, my gosh. Next one, Nebraska. Good job against Northern Illinois. 44-8. to Great job. You know what? You lost to Colorado last week who just lost to the Air Force. Wow. Good hey, job, guys. Hey. And you had three leads in that game against Colorado. They were Three times. The and they you blew it. The troops. <laughs> Northwestern lost to Stanford. Okay, they've been struggling. I get it. And now they struggled against UNLV last week. They were uh, it was sixteen to thirteen at halftime against UNLV. <laughs> UNLV! Uh, a team that got blown out by Arkansas State two weeks ago. Arkansas State. Let's go to Purdue. 56-yard field goal lose to Nevada. They were up 31-14 to halfway through the third quarter in the first week against Nevada. 31-14. to They beat Vandy, which great. You beat an SC, the worst SEC team, except Tennessee, which I don't know if they play organized football anymore. But they beat Vandy. <laughs> TCU comes into town, and they run all over them for 346 rushing yards. And I think that's everybody in the Big Ten. So we have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. It is everybody in the Big Ten. I just checked the standings, made sure you got everybody. You did. You did. Nice job, Mitchum. That's, that's great. Impressive. Great, Actually, great very impressive. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mitch Muller, do you have any comments about his whole name right there? Uh, no. You hit it right on the nose? hit it right on the nose. Uh, for, I uh, Rutgers should be kicked out of the Big Ten uh, yep. immediately. They should be kicked out of Division One football immediately. Yep. Uh, I would. I don't even know if I'd put them in Division Two. I think Notre Dame <laughs> College could run them right now. They they you, are. Whew. You got a you got a fair point. That's a former Ohio State co- assistant coach there. I mean, yeah. my God, that that's just looked bad. They they are. Mm. So I, yeah, um, I don't know. Mitch hit it right on the nose there. Everything you said was great. Yep, yep, yep. So the our final segment here, locks of the week. So we have uh, after last week we have a new number one. Mitch Farnsworth is three and one with four points. No! <laughs> uh, I am in second place with three and one also, but I have three points because Mitch uh, got both of his upset picks. Uh, Mitch Bala, um, two and two with two points. Tough last week. Went zero and two last week. Looking to rebound here. So uh, Mitch Bala, do you, you? We talked about this game earlier. Your lock of the week. You have uh, Georgia covering the 14 and a half against Notre Dame. So you, why do you just tell them why you like that game? Uh, Notre Dame is extremely overrated. Notre Dame is not a good football team. Notre Dame needs to join a conference. Yep. And I think Georgia is a very good football team. And 
Georgia is my lock. Yep. I think they win by more than 14 and a half points. Mm-hmm. And, yep, that's it. Uh, Mitch Farnsworth, what is your lock of the week? I like Texas at home against Oklahoma State. Um, they are six and a half point favorites on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has beat them four times in a row. Uh, seven out of eight against Texas, but I like the home field of Texas. They've been, you know, they got, you know, against LSU, they played a tough opponent. Oklahoma State, I really haven't seen anybody. I think they played Oregon State has been their toughest opponent. So I like Texas to cover six and a half. So for my lock, I'm going to take LSU minus 24 against Vanderbilt. They're on the road, but they're 3-0 and Vanderbilt is 0-2. So, Did you not hear what I just said about Purdue beating Vandy <laughs> and then Purdue can't just – oh, God. It's no a, one listens to me around here. No, yeah, what, I listen, what, Mitch, I listen to you. Don't worry. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I'm taking LSU in the 24 points. And my upset of the week, I am taking Cal plus 2.5 at Ole Miss. Um, Mitch Farnsworth, I know you, you stayed in the Big Ten. Um, what is your lock of this week? Or you're up there, I'm sorry. Right? I stayed in the Big Ten, huh? Um, I like Northwestern eight and a half on Michigan State. It's not a dig that I hate Michigan State with all, you know, passion. But it actually has some, you know, statistics behind it. Northwestern's beat Michigan State three years in a row. Yep. From 2016 to 20, or 20, yes, 2016 to now. And two of them have been East, East Lansing. And the last time I played in Evanston, they won 39 to 31. So I really like Northwestern in this game. Michigan State, I think that letdown against Arizona State. Uh, their offense is not playing great. Uh, their kicker looks like a girl. Um, <laughs> I like Northwestern. So to end the show here, you were going back and forth on this one, Mitch Bala, but yes. you ended up taking SMU plus 8.5 at TCU. So what is your reasoning? Uh, I know nothing about the SMU. And sometimes that's the best thing you can do when making a bet, yep. I think. I think yep. the more you know sometimes, it can hurt you. Yep. Uh, TCU's ranked 25th. They just made top 25 yep. this week. SMU's undefeated. I have not watched either team this year. That's this fine. Is, this is solely me guessing here because other games I couldn't. I, I just saw this on there. I thought, wow, SMU, TCU. I think SMU's better than TCU simply by looking at it. There you go. And Sometimes that's all you need. I couldn't pick anybody else on the over-unders, the favorites, the spread. Therefore, SMU is my upset pick at TCU this week. All I'm right. going to just say SMU has been very impressive, what I've seen from SMU. Bang. I, there you go. Sweet. Sweet. So impressive. Awesome. They're surprisingly impressive for a 3-0 start. So that wraps up Episode 3 of Much More Football. Alongside Mitch Ball and Mitch Farnsworth, I am Frankie Lippold, and thanks for tuning in.